So welcome to today's podcast, Global Citizen Life. And today we have Jackie Bailey joining us. So thank you very much for joining us, Jackie. Thank you, Sally. I just love being here. So can you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and what you do? I would love to. I'm known as the International Conversation Coach for kids and adults. We have a nonprofit that's called the Speak, Feed, Lead Project. And I founded it and now direct it. And we help kids to feel empowered with their voice. We, they belong to clubs and collaborative projects and groups where they put together speeches and community service projects and things like that, learning the skills of public speaking. And then we get them on stages and help them to give their unique keynote messages, help them to moderate panels or to write books be in competitions, develop their own podcasts. And that's what we do. That's what Speak, Feed, Lead is all about, is helping them to speak with power, feed others through their powerful words and inspiring messages, and then to lead with positive influence. So that is a little bit about what I do. And we, we do a lot of focus with the kids, but I also coach adult clients as well when they're interested in getting to be a better speaker or more professional speaker. Excellent. So did you start with the adults and then move into helping with the children or was it the other way around? Well, kind of the other way around. I, I did start working with adults. I started a for-profit business back in 2007 because I had been in dentistry for many years, about 30 or so years. And I started a dental management consulting firm. And so I was working specifically with dentists and their teams, teaching them how to be better communicators and how to talk better with patients and other doctors and colleagues and so forth. And at the same time, I was also in a leadership position for a nonprofit called Toastmasters International. And they have a contest every year, and I was competing in that contest and became a bit of a celebrity in my local area because I was doing really well, and I was headed to the semifinals of this world championship. Mm -hmm. And there was a group of parents who contacted me and said, we homeschool our kids. We have a group of nine of them in middle school. We'd like for you to come teach them public speaking skills, if you would. And I thought, hmm. I could go do that. That would be fun. Here I am preparing my competition speech. So I would love to be able to tell them how to do the same things that I was doing. And that kind of started the ball rolling. And what I saw immediately was the change in these young people. They would start to stand a little taller and they would have this sparkle in their eyes and a smile on their face when they came into class. And they would just speak out a little more bolder each week. And I started to see the huge impact it had on them. And then I started to rethink, wait a second, maybe I am making an impact in the wrong place. Maybe I need to be helping the kids. And so that's what led me into developing some curriculum for kids and public speaking courses. And that led to more and more curriculum and more and more courses to where we are today. So uh, we started the nonprofit about four years ago. And that's opened the door to serve more kids, especially those who can't afford it or who are in marginalized parts of society and that kind of thing. So, yeah. <laughs> that's fantastic. And I mean, that's one thing with 
the school systems were not taught to to speak like we do sometimes i re i remember when i was in school doing a class presentation i wouldn't do it and I, my teacher would say to me like if there was a group of us then okay i i would do it because there was a few of us standing in front of the class but if it was individual i remember one time i said to my teacher i said no i'm not like no way i'm <laughs> not getting up there and doing that and he said well i have to give you a zero if you don't do it he said it's your classmates like you know them and i and i, and I said no mm -mm, oh. no I'll, I'll take the zero i'm not not doing it and then um forward many years later i did get into into doing some teaching first aid and cpr classes i i was um uh, an emergency medical technician, an EMT on an ambulance. And then so from there I got, and even my first classes of teaching, I was so scared. And I, I thankfully I was with other teachers, but I was so scared, but it's not something that, that we're taught in class. And yeah, I also find as well, like as human beings, we're, we're smart. Like look at all the technology we've developed and everything, but we are terrible, terrible communicators. Generally, yes, we are, especially when, as you say, now the kids have these devices in their hands all the time. They call it social media, but it's really not very social. In fact, it's probably antisocial because mm -hmm. it has taken from them some of our innate skills of looking at people in the eye and communicating with them and being responsible for what we say, right? On social media, it's really easy to make a comment or to post something and there's really because you're not visual, there's no responsibility mm. for what you've said. And um, that really places this barrier between our words and the people that are receiving them. And I think it's it's certainly not a good thing, but it could also be a very dangerous thing. Mm. Yeah, it's it's easy to type anything on a on a computer and you know, be very mean, be very negative that those things you would never actually say to the face of another person right right um it reminds me too of and and this was many years ago my neighbor's daughter was going um on a date and we were like oh you're you know you're finally going on the date because they had been messaging back and forth for a very long time and so finally they were going on a date and then it was the next day or a few days later when i saw so how you know how did the date go said terrible and I said what do you mean terrible you you're constantly messing each other back and forth she said yeah we just we didn't talk we didn't really know what to say to each other wow wow so that that conversation that simple skill of conversation has been lost and what's interesting is that's where we start in our curriculum is hey how do you have an effective conversation with somebody how do what mm -hmm. kinds of questions do you ask how do you actively listen to what they're saying so you can respond appropriately? And who should the conversation be about? Should it be about you or should it be about them? And that has really changed the dynamic of a lot of families. Parents will say, oh my gosh, my, my kid used to just answer with a fine or whatever, or maybe even just a grunt. And now they're actually using full sentences <laughs> to respond to me. And they're also initiating conversations with me. That's what parents say. So. Um, it can be retrained in us, but it does take someone to focus on that for you. And I'm proud to say that that's a big part of what we do. And it's really making an impact for the kids. That's amazing. And so do you have 
um, like in-person classes as well as online or how how do you how do you reach all of your your students and and help as as many as you can? Well, before the pandemic, like a lot of other people, we were having in-person classes, but then we were gently nudged, <laughs> if you will, to go online. And gently so we did that. No choice. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and so we we reworked our curriculum so that it could be taught online with new t visuals and a little bit more gamification and that kind of thing. And now that we spent three years teaching that way, it's kind of hard to go back now, besides the fact that now we have students all around this country, the United States where I'm at, even in Canada, and we've got students in Australia and China and India and Nigeria. So it's wow. hard to now go back into person. So we're going to remain online. And what we have developed now is public a public speaking club. So any youth that come into our programs, they, they come in through a membership in mm -hmm. Speak Kaboom. And we have four of those clubs in different time zones. So we have Speak Kaboom West and East and Oceana and UK. And hopefully that takes care of most situations for kids. There's probably a few more we could add. But they come in once a week online and they have some fun using some impromptu speaking or playing some games. They lead the meeting. Everyone gets to tell a story. We have a question of the week that everyone gets to answer. And we have a word of the week so that they get to try to apply new vocabulary. And they just have fun. It's just an hour long every week. And it just opens up the door for some safe socialization, but in a significant way. So they're, they're learning and they're growing from each other. From there, if they want to do more, if these students want to add a little bit more leadership to what they're doing, or if they want to speak a little bit more, then they can join the Speak Tank Collaborative, which is another group that meets once a month. And these kids are developing either their own individual podcasts, or they can do a group, a group podcast, or they can design a group uh, community project of some sort. Uh, many of these kids love STEM, and they know it well enough that they want to teach it. And so many of them are putting together courses to teach the younger kids how to do computer programming or, or create a game or things like that. And then we have a third stage from there, which is called the Pro Speak and Influencer stage. And those are, that's for the kids who really want to craft their unique keynote. They want to be a TEDx speaker or they want to author a book. And so that puts them into an even greater opportunity pool. And anytime I get opportunities to fill speaking slots, which I do, then those are the kids that we draw from first because they're ready. They've been working on their messages and they've got them all scheduled. We have one student who's just 11. She just recently turned 11. She's already spoken on about eight or nine international summits. She's authored two books. She has developed her own podcast. She has moderated a panel of other youth at a mental illness conference. And she's keynoted on two different stages in front of thousands of people in person. And so wow. she's 11 years old. And this is just one example of what our students can do when they, when they want to. We have the program for them to achieve whatever they want. That's that's amazing. And so on average, what is the age range of of your students? They start at age 10 
because we find at 10 they have a pretty good grasp on the language and they can also give proper feedback to their team members, which is a huge part of what we do. It's not just enough to develop your own presentation, but we want you to kindly uh, provide feedback to your fellow speakers so that they can grow and improve as well. And there's really nothing more valuable than peer feedback. So that's a big part of our program. And then we work with kids from that point all the way up through the first or second year of college, uh, even helping them get ready for their college applications through writing their personal essay or creating a video for their applications to advanced programs or colleges, or internships, whatever the case might be. Um, and then we also have programs for adults outside of all of that, but that's a good description of our youth programs. That's that's fantastic. And yeah, that feedback is very important. That's generally how we learn. And it's it's also, I think, gives them that that knowledge of like what it's like to give feedback because you also receive it. Right. Yeah. And so how to have kind and constructive feedback to help people improve and then to know how to say it in a way that it's received in a good way and not not negative because sometimes when we receive feedback the intent can be there of of constructive but the way we perceive it or the way that the person says it isn't always maybe the yeah. kindest or most constructive way that's such an important point and the other side of that is we need to be able to receive that feedback graciously it doesn't mean that we have to take every piece of advice right. <laughs> that someone gives us but we can objectively say that's valuable to me, or you know what, that kind of goes against my values, or, or it really doesn't pertain to the message that I want to give, and so I just go, okay, thank you so much for your help, but you don't have to take the advice if you don't want to, and that's an important part of communication, too, is, um, you know, we don't have to accept everything that's given to us, but we also want to be able to receive all that we can from other people, especially if they're well-meaning, right? Right. And and I think that really translates with a lot of things like I, I travel a lot. And so I meet people from all over different cultures, different things. And sometimes just having that can be, oh, well, I understand why you have this point of view, your belief, your thought, your point of view. And and maybe I don't I have the, a different complete opposite belief, thought or point of right. view. And sometimes it is just that talking and being like, oh, I understand why you have that. They had a life experience, the way they were raised, where they lived, whatever it may be. And and I can understand they have that point of view for that. And I say, well, for me, I believe or think this because, and I explain my experience or that I had with it. And we can then understand and be open to each other's opinions and beliefs and right. thoughts without changing our mind. But right. I can say, I can understand why you think that, or you have this opinion, or you give me this feedback, I can understand, but I don't have to change my mind or take all that in. But I think it also helps us to just to be more open to the world that way. Absolutely. That is another great point, Sally, because what I have found with the youth we work with, and even personally myself, is that mm -hmm. when I'm going to give feedback to someone, it's important that I keep in mind this is not about whether I agree or disagree with their content or the points they're making. My role in giving them feedback is to help them present that information in a more powerful way, right? So I can disassociate my belief system and just say, 
hey, if you want to get more oomph in that message of yours, here's some things I might suggest that you can do. Even if they're going to be speaking out against something that I really, you know, believe in, that's okay. My job is to help them be a, a stronger speaker. And so that's a great lesson for our kids, too, is we can listen to the op opinions and the points of view of other people, and we don't have to disagree with them. We can just say, okay, that's the way they feel. That's fine. You know, I, it doesn't make any difference to me because I already know what I believe in, and, and you know, I'm going to speak about that, and they can speak about what they believe. And, wow, you know, if we could do that... <laughs> More if we could do that in the world. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, we are we are so divided right now all around the world, mm -hmm. politically and religiously and so many other ways. And if we could just step back and mm -hmm. listen in a non-judgmental way and respond in a non-judgmental way and just say, well, mm -hmm. I appreciate your opinion. I have a different one. But hey, you go. You know, <laughs> so, and I, yeah. I love having, I'll call them strong conversations, passionate conversations. Um, and I ask people when they, they have a, a different thought or belief. And, and I ask, like, sometimes I just say, well, why, like, why do you believe that? Or mm -hmm. why do you think that? And, and I'm asking out of curiosity, where sometimes I know that people get offended by asking why, and I'm not saying why, because I think you're wrong, but but explain to me why you think or believe that where I find the great conversation is when people can actually do it. They can say, mm -hmm. well, because, and they go off, not because it's true. I'm like, well, that, no, what, that, that, that's not a, that's not a reason. That's not right. a why. Like, like I want to know yeah. why, because maybe, you know, you might be teaching me things. You may yeah. have experiences and thoughts and ways that I think, oh, like I never thought about that. You know, and, and, and just to be open, I may not change my mind. I may, may be like, oh, you know, maybe I'm not, maybe my thought or belief isn't or shouldn't be as strong as it was, or I need to be more understanding. And so having those communication skills, whether it's a stage, a book, a one-on-one -on -one in front of a small group, it is really important that we can take the emotion away sometimes. Right. Sometimes we need that emotion. It's it's good to have, but sometimes to kind of take it away and be like, okay, well, yes, why why do you believe that? Why do you think that? Or even ask that of myself to have somebody say to me, well, why do you think that? Or why do you believe it? And then I have to think about that sometimes. Mm -hmm. I have to, why do I really think that? Why do I believe that? What is the reason behind it? And then you know, have, have the great conversation about it. That is really the only way we are going to build empathy in our society is if one, we ourselves are willing to share our story as to our why. And two, if we are willing to listen to the stories of others so that we can be inspired by their mistakes, their vulnerability, their successes, whatever it is, that's how we connect with each other. It's not through statistics and facts. <laughs> it's through stories. And mm -hmm. that is another big part of when we communicate with others, as you say, is what is your why? Well, that's an invitation to tell me your story. Tell, tell me why you believe so strongly in this. There's always a story. There's an experience you've had that taught you that. That's what I want to know about you. And then I'll have greater understanding about who you are and why you have the attitudes that you do. And that's, that's like I say, we're going to build empathy 
more around the world if we can do that for each other. Right. And I think it's, it also, it seems like in the world right now where we have either you agree 100% with everything that I think, or you're my enemy. Like, mm. And it's just, it's, it's crazy because I have friends that I agree with many things. And then we have some things that we just agree to disagree. Right. And it's okay to agree to disagree. I'm never going to change their mind. They're never going to change mine. And it's not about making them believe what I believe. That's how we're people. That's how things change. Things get done because we have people that disagree. They have different experiences and it's how we evolve. Right. Absolutely. And you know, part of what we do is debate, uh, which Good. teaches kids those persuasive skills. So it's not necessarily, here's how you argue. It's here's how you support your viewpoint through different mm -hmm. ways. Maybe it's facts. Maybe it's statistics. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's your opinion. Maybe it's a personal story. Maybe it's an experience. Maybe it's an example of someone else that we all know, someone famous or whatnot, or mm -hmm. someone close to you, like a parent or whatever. Those are the ways, mm -hmm. those are the tools we use to be persuasive, not to convince necessarily someone that we are right, but persuade them to be open-minded to see our viewpoint in a different way. That's really all that's about. And, and our students really love the debate. And I think they, mm -hmm. they feel like, hey, I am open to listen. I'm, I'm not gonna be expected to change my mind, nor do I expect that I'm gonna change their mind, but it's a way to learn how to negotiate a little bit better using proper mm -hmm. tools so that it's not just about me. I can see it from the viewpoint of the other person. And I tell them all the time that I said, if you want your parents to trust you, if you want to be able to do more things, you got to learn negotiation and persuasion skills because that is the only way you're going to get what you want. Because if your parents feel like you're not trustworthy, hey, you know, you're just going to be limited to what you're going to be allowed to do. But if you can tell them that you sincerely see it from their point of view, mm -hmm. still keeping the desire that you have, but but addressing the way that they're feeling, you're going to get a lot more out of that than not doing it at all. So. <laughs> that's that's yeah. true. And it's it is, as you said, seeing a point of view, because I don't think that any of my my thoughts and beliefs that they, they're they're mine. Mm. They may be right. They may be wrong. All of them are right. And all of them are wrong because it just depends on your life experience and your point of view. So. You know, we could agree on a hundred things. We can disagree on those exact same hundred things. And it is just having that conversation, like you said, to see that other perspective, to see that other side. And it just makes us a little bit more open. And it doesn't yeah. matter, especially, you know, if we got talking about politics and religion, that seems to be the ones that are where we're the most extreme. But sometimes just something was easy. Somebody said, oh, well, you're from, you're from Canada. It's it's cold there. And I say, yes, it's, it gets cold, but it also gets hot in the summertime. Yeah. Like it has the most varying degree of temperature. So it's not always cold. It's not always hot. And I think that's <laughs> how conversation should go. They're not always just, right. just one. And so I say, yeah, if you, if you love winter, you love being really cold, you want to come during these months. But if you don't like cold or snow like me, then you want to make sure you're not there during yeah. these months and come during this time. 
And, and so it just depends on what we want and what we enjoy. It doesn't mean anybody who, you know, likes something or believes in something is right or wrong. It's their experience. It's the way it is. It's my yep. opinions and beliefs aren't right, but they're not wrong either. They're just yeah. mine. Yeah, absolutely. I think we get into trouble when we start thinking in terms of extremes, right? Because mm -hmm. anything taken to an extreme is bad, even if it's something good like right. ambition. Well, ambition taken to an extreme can become controlling, domineering, and dangerous, right? We've seen right. that from world leaders who have yes. ambition, but then they become very um, demonic in some, in some ways. Mm -hmm. um, and so even something good taken to an extreme can be dangerous. And so the our greatest happiness, I think, is going to be found in that middle area. And it's mm -hmm. most important that we find the common ground with our right. so-called enemies first. Find the ways that we are alike. And then the differences won't matter so much because we'll still have that grounded similarity that's really, mm. really important. And I can't remember. I was a study I read a while ago, but I can't remember exactly what it was. But it said if you're talking to somebody we have more ways that we're in common and things that we will like about each other and very few things that we will disagree on and maybe only a couple that we strongly disagree on but there's with every human being we can find some type of of common ground somewhere within family history where you live, things you like to do, like there's many things that uh, that we actually have in common. And it's unfortunate that in some cases, those few tiny little things are the main focus and they become the huge big problem. Absolutely, yeah. And that's where we run into those challenges and those problems and relationships are harmed is because mm. we fall out of those middle ground areas and into the extreme uh, ideologies or whatever you want to call right. it so and yeah finding the common ground is important in everything we do yeah common ground and open communication I absolutely because <laughs> there's 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 good in everybody i was talking with somebody one time and we talked we said you know is somebody evil or bad or are they good and i said well it depends on what perspective like even if you think of in extreme cases like murderers and things like that there's people that will say, uh, absolutely, they killed somebody. They're they're mean or they're aggressive. There's also somebody else who loves that person, mm -hmm. who they're not aggressive to. They're not mean to. They're the brother, cousin, sister, whatever, or just friend because they're not that same person to everybody. Right. Right. And but they are the same person. So yeah. are they a horrible, terrible person? The act that they did yes it's horrible and terrible but they probably also did good things and nice things and kind things so you know yep. are, are, what are they are they bad or are they good and, and that <laughs> comes down to perspective it does and and that's what i think with with life and same with our our beliefs and things that it, it all comes down to perspective so it's having that communication and and teaching us because as i said earlier unfortunately most of us like we're not taught communication in school we're not um you know taught that and so we're kind of terrible communicators considering all the <laughs> advances that we can do as human right. beings that core thing of of communication when we come back to it that's where we really need the most work absolutely one of the challenges i help my students to overcome is to get out of the report mode mindset 
because that's the kinds of communication they get at school. Someone, right. a teacher will say, here's our theme for the month. Here's what I want you to research. And then I want you to come back with a report about that. And probably right. nine times out of 10, every child has really no passion for that subject matter. But now they're going to be graded on mm -hmm. how much effort they took to learn about it. And now they have to report it back to the class, often verbally in front of the class. Mm -hmm. They're gonna be graded on how they did that. And I feel like what that teaches our kids is that they don't, they don't deserve or are worthy of being, of talking about what is important to them. They have to just do what everybody else wants them to do. And it really stifles their speech. It silences them to some degree. And so what we do in our courses is I help them realize you can talk about whatever is important to you. And whatever you want to say about that, as long as your language is courteous and kind and not offensive, mm -hmm. you can talk about that freely, you know? And they have a really hard time breaking out of that pattern that many times for 12 years of school, they've, they've had to use. And, right. um, and that's part of that unsilencing or the breaking free of that mindset that we have is it's not, it's not a report. Reports really don't necessarily help you be better communicators. They might help no. you get over a little bit of fear because you have to stand in front of the class, but chances are you're just reading something. You're not really mm -hmm. presenting it. <laughs> you're reading it. And, and so it's not really helping you. And as you say, it would be wonderful if the schools would recognize that and give kids more opportunity to speak freely and do reports or research on things that they really love and then let them blossom with that, um, with the understanding that, again, they're not going to be judged for what their beliefs are or, or their opinions are, but just freely listen to and empathy built for that into every student. That would be the perfect school experience, I think. but. Unfortunately, it's not happening that way. <laughs> no, and, and I don't think it's going to. No, probably not. No. So, Jackie, if people wanted to be in touch with you to work with you or to help you to help some of these um, children, what ways can they go about doing that? Well, thank you for asking. If you would like to know more about me and uh, where I've come from and what my story is and why I do what I do, you could go to Jackie Bailey. 360.com, JackieBailey360.com. If you want to go right to the nonprofit, and you can go through that website to the nonprofit, but if you want to go directly to it, that is speakfeedlead.org. And from there, you'll be able to see the clubs and the membership opportunities that your kids have, and then also uh, coaching. Op options are available to youth and adults as well. So you can see those there on that website as well. So any way that you want to connect with me is great. With the, with the JackieBailey360.com, you'll find me on just about every social media site possible. You'll see my email address. You'll see my phone numbers. You'll see my calendar link so that you can schedule an appointment with me if you want to chat. It's all right there. But if you want to learn more specifically about the nonprofit, it's speakfeedlead.org. Perfect. And we will have links to those in the show notes as well to make it easy for people to connect. Thank you. I appreciate that.
Thank you very much for your time, Jackie. And um, hopefully our listeners got a lot of valuable information and communication is key. It's it's how we do everything. And so hope they can be in touch with you. So again, thank you very much. Thank you. I really appreciate the opportunity you've given me today.